0: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
1: Welcome on into the Double Tree Suite studio. This is the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan.
0: Hey, Ute Nation.
1: And Scott.
0: Hello, Scott!
2: <laughs> Scott's late to the game. Just like the Utes were the other night. I'm off to a slow start. I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. We can go. Oof. How long have you guys been going for?
0: We're in the second half.
2: Do you bring your game now? All right. Let's go. Go Utes.
1: All right. Utes walk away with the victory over Arizona 36-23. to 23. Oh, so I was talking to someone today, and yeah, the locker room's turning into a hospital.
0: Almost like a morgue. Almost almost like a giant Tylenol. With curtains in the windows and wheels. So Zach Moss
1: is out. Troy McCormick. Armand Shine went out after the game. It's the cleats. Now Howard is out. We're on our six-string center. Six-string center? <laughs> It feels like it at this point.
2: Okay, I didn't even know we had a six-string running back. I didn't even think that was a thing. So, six-string running back,
0: possibly <laughs> six-string center, and there's even talk today from Whittingham that they're exploring other options at center, which means now Kowski did a horrible job.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Whittingham, <laughs> Whittingham did say... If you would have asked me during the game how the offensive line was doing, I don't think any of us would have had anything good to say.
0: I don't nor, think nor did anybody in the stadium.
2: And, uh, and it seemed like Harding was giving up his job. <laughs> then, <laughs> beep, fire me! <laughs> I've never quite seen Rice-Eccles like it was for that 20 or 30-minute stretch. It was, it was like a out-of-body experience. <laughs> but there was so much negative energy in that stadium between booing the officials chanting refs you suck and, and backing up from the 10-yard line to the and being absolutely yard line. furious that we could not even snap the ball with somebody jumping offline or offsides it uh, it was unbelievable but i will say credit to harding because the second half was pretty clean they they fixed they fixed the problems obviously we all know at this point what arizona was doing simulating the snap count are simulating a call, um, not according to, to Hike Rich Rod. Ball. Also, did you see what Rich Rod said today? That yeah, was pretty tweeted, funny. Tweeted out that uh, they can accuse us of anything. We're accusing them, of making more plays than us. <laughs> but uh, pretty hairy, pretty hairy start. But they got it going. But that's the theme. That's the theme. Cam slow starts, slow starts, They've and it gotta fix it. Kyle Goon had an article in the Salt Lake Tribune
1: today about it. I'm starting to worry about it.
2: I woke up at 3 a.m. last night.
1: <laughs> I was so worried. I don't like having to play be- from
0: behind.
2: Well, it's definitely the
1: majority of the game. Every Pac-12 game
2: we've come
0: from multiple scores. Every yeah. well, not every game, but every every game this year has been a slow start.
2: It uh, it's 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 a pattern at this point. And we've just been sloppy coming out of the gates whether it's penalties or whether it's just you know going three and out even defensively we're, we've we started off slow and you know we we did that under Kalani so you know it's not like this is coming completely out of nowhere but uh, it uh, it's not a trend I don't think you can keep up because if you get down double you know multiple scores to some teams you're you're not going to come back every week especially as we, saw, as we saw against Cal.
0: Yeah, and such, now you're going on the road for two straight weeks, you you can't ha- let let that happen on the road and it, it's going to come back to bite you. It's yeah. almost like the offense just can't find a rhythm
1: early in the game. It takes the fans booing for them to kind of get going, I guess. Yeah.
2: Well, and uh, Chase Hansen was talking about it after the game and he said everything turned on the safety. That he, I mean in his own words, he just said they were a mess. Everybody was Missing tackles, blowing assignments, and they just couldn't get going until until that safety. And everybody woke up, got on the same page, and they, they played a pretty, pretty good game after that.
0: Well, it sounds like it's a mindset they're not coming out with. and They're not coming out with a mindset to go for the kill for the game. It seems to me
2: Winningham's pregame talks just must not be up to par. He's
0: reserving those for second halves.
2: Where he can fire them up. I'll bet bet the halftime speech is pretty good, though. It
0: must have been because Troy Williams and Marcus Williams wouldn't even talk about it in the (laughs) post-game interviews. Uh, Go Utes. (laughs) That was classic. That was classic. So let's really look
1: at this running back situation. Zach Moss is a game-time decision this week. Uh, L things are looking like Troy McCormick will not be able to go this week. Mystery injury with him. Does Does
2: anybody know what his injury is? I haven't heard a thing No, about I haven't it. heard anything either.
1: And that's the bad thing about Winningham not disclosing injuries. Well, and, and I think the
2: same with Moss. I've, I've
1: heard turf toe, but I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Well, that the from. Moss came out of left field because he tweeted out Saturday morning that yeah. he wasn't going to go. Uh, so that took everyone by surprise. And then Howard, who showed well at the end of the game, is now dinged up and probably won't be able to go this weekend.
0: What about our friend Barry Manilow?
1: So Barry Manilow is listed as the second stringer right now.
2: Well, he is by default. But if you listen to Whittingham, eh, I don't know what the deal is. They do not seem very high on him. And I heard today, I don't know, again, how accurate it is, but uh, obviously we saw in the spring what a runner he was. He was a beast in the spring running the ball. But it's his pass protection that apparently is uh, is not up to par.
0: Well, at the end of the game, when they had to utilize him, they ran him out as a wide receiver. They started him in the backfield and then spread him out and, as a and, wide receiver. And ran our quarterback yeah. 12 times. Which I thought was pretty dangerous in the situation when you're up two scores and you're running Williams when we're we only have two quarterbacks, really, on the depth chart. So now there's kind of
1: speculation... Kind of going around the program and around fans that Joe Williams may be making a comeback onto the roster. So I really want to get your guys' opinion on it. I'm for it as long as the team captains are okay with it and the team feels comfortable with it. I know he's been around the program. He's been in the locker room you know, before and after practice, even around game time. What are you guys' thoughts about it?
0: I'm against it for a couple reasons. First, he chose to retire due to injury. So obviously he's not, in his mind, not healthy enough to play. Maybe he he was forced
2: into retirement.
0: He was not forced into retirement. Whittingham was just as surprised as the rest of us when it happened. So he says. He comes back. He didn't carry the ball well. He fumbled it. He didn't run hard. Why do we want him back?
2: Okay, now I am going to take Ryan's position on this, which is I'm sitting firmly on the fence. <laughs> There's a part of me that says, no, I agree with Ryan. He chose to he chose to retire. He said he didn't have the drive. Football wasn't important to him anymore. He was done. So I say now just because we need him all of a sudden his drive is back? No. It's it's not gonna come back. But the other my other side to this we need help we need some depth we need somebody that we can count on now I don't want his fumbles to return with him but I mean is get, we're getting really really thin and we you got to have some threats to help Troy out in the passing game you've got to have some threats to run the ball and but there's there's guys on this team
0: that can do that. You don't bring back a guy that called it quits. I don't care how nice
2: of a guy he is. He was a great teammate. You don't bring him back. He quit. But I will say, I tweeted this out earlier today. If he comes back and leads us to the Pac-12 championship, Disney will make a movie about this one day.
1: <laughs> I'm all for bringing him back. Like Ooh. I said, as long as the, the team is comfortable with it.
2: Well, I, I think the team what, is I mean obviously there may be some individuals who We and hey, don't
1: we like don't it. know why he hung it up. It could have been family issues, it could have been mental issues, physical issues. And now those things are And now those things have cleared up.
2: He told us why he quit. 3 if weeks he, if later he, if, if he his body healthy, No, if no if he's yeah, if he's
1: being honest, that's what that that's the public answer he's giving. We don't really know what went on in those decisions. Yeah, he said he kind of kicked it around for a few months. But it was odd at the timing that it happened. So something could have happened. Something could have come up. And that maybe may, has
2: resolved may, by now. Maybe he had a gambling debt. And he was he was being forced out a la Jordan. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jordan came back and won three titles. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Wow. I'm just saying. Wow. There's guys on this team that were
0: recruited as running backs. Casey Hughes is one of them. He could step back there. Jason Thompson, he wasn't recruited as a running back, but
2: he's he's a running quarterback. Well, one there's one name who I would like to see, and that is Kyle Foulkes. Not just he because, can't hang out on the ball either. Not just because he's my breakout player of the year, but... He, he can't catch the ball, so we gotta stop throwing it to him. <laughs> I'll bet he'll do better if we hand it off to him, and all he's gotta do is hold on it. He's got speed, so whether it's a Butler Bird, Folks, you bring somebody who's got a lot of speed, get him in the open field, see what we can do. Because we're missing McCormick, and McCormick's ability in the screen game and getting him in space, we need somebody to to take that spot. I think whether it's Butler Bird, whether it's uh, Kyle Folks. Um, I think, I am I would love to at least see see the experiment and see what happens from it.
1: And kind of just to go off that, I have spoken to someone within the program. So according to my source, if you want to blast me on Twitter, but this person that I trust very deeply has told me that they are looking at a Corey Butler bird in the backfield. Now I know it, it's not a definite thing, it's not... Oh, this is 100%. He's going to be starting at running back or he's going to come in and get, you know, 5 to 10 carries. That I don't know. Whittingham even mentioned today in his press conference that that is something maybe that they will explore. And through my contacts um, through the university, those conversations are real and they are happening. I like it. He's a player. You got to get him the ball.
2: I mean, we saw, we saw Saturday how dynamic he, has, he was with the ball in his hands. I mean, for the first time all season, we actually had positive things happen in the return game, the kick return game. And out of the slot, I mean, he was dynamic. That's what we need. I don't care if he's lined up as, you know, slot, running back, halfback, quarterback, get him the ball. Let's uh, let's see what can see what can happen because, and again, I think that would help our offense spice things up a little bit instead of just you know what we've been seeing and just plotting around because we've really you know especially in the red zone we are so bad <laughs> in the red zone. I will agree that the
0: more t- more he touches the ball, more things can happen. But I'm not a fan of putting him in the backfield. I I know, of course, Ryan isn't. I I know injuries can happen at
2: any position you play. (laughs) Out the running back position, you know what? Here, here it is. Here it is. Joe Williams has to come back. ever since his Ever since he retired, the position has been cursed.
1: No, Ryan. What? Why
0: don't Why don't you let uh, Butler bird in the backfield? <laughs> We're going back to Major League here. My biggest concern with with putting him in the backfield, and he if they do it on occasion, it's probably going to be okay. But putting him back there as an every down back just seems like you're asking for for trouble and another injury.
2: Well, I'm not you saying need? to put
0: him I'm not saying to put him back there every time.
1: And yeah, he's probably not your two go guy between the tackles. Eight but times to, a game
0: to get the ball outside
1: and around the corner.
0: That' that I'm okay with, but if moving him to running back, I'm not okay with
1: okay, so before we kind of leave the offense discussion, we did have a question come in um on Twitter from at green travis d, so he's asking, why are we going with moi and not more with Hanley in the throw game? Hanley finally and got going Saturday. And before, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but before we say this, I have to preference. I am completely biased because you know Harrison Handsome Handley is my guy. Yeah, we know. He's my boy.
2: We can tell by the so, 12 pit posters you have hanging around the the Doubletree suite. <laughs> Sweet. It's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> All right, Scott, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before we do this, I, I have
1: to preference that first, so go ahead.
2: No, 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 I... Uh, I love what Moai has brought to the team this year. Um, he's been he's been really helpful and really solid in the run game, which we lost with Siali. Once we lost Siali last year, and we only literally we only had Harrison, and he was gr- Harrison was great in the pass game, but he struggled in uh, in blocking and and uh, opening up holes. And so this year Moai is really getting a lot of time. Uh he's he's quite frankly, he's been getting a lot more than than Hanley has. But Hanley did have a good game Saturday. They both had good games this past and, Saturday. And if if that deep ball goes to Harrison, he scores. He's quicker. He's faster. That was a that was a nice ball. If Hanley keeps his feet. <laughs> Every time he catches True. it, he does he falls down. <laughs> but when when Moe I I even when he was running with the ball, I screamed out. Get in the end zone! Because I knew... You when left the we... word out. Well, <laughs> we are a family show. But uh, he gets us to the 10-yard line, and we end up punting from the 45. Yes. So you're a moy no I, mean, I... No, no, I mean... No, no, just I, I
1: like... get off the fence. You're going with Moyai. No, Ryan, who I like... are you? No, we've heard your case. You know Ryan, what? who are you going with? You know what, poster with? boy? No, no, you've heard your case. I'll mute, your, mic- I will your, mute your microphone, Ryan. Who are you going with in this head-to-head battle? It's his turn, R- but Ryan, I'm going, Ryan, Ryan. Hey,
2: it's my turn. I will mute zip your. It.
1: I will mute your microphone, Hey Hillary,
2: zip it.
0: Go why, to jail. Why, when we're out of time, does he get to keep going and I get cut <laughs> off?
1: <laughs> Ryan, okay. What is
0: this? Three on one.
1: <laughs> I'll mute both of you, <laughs> Ryan. Who, who are you going with in this head-to-head battle?
0: In the, I don't, I'm torn because in Moya is a, is better in the run game but Hanley's better in the passing game his speed is better um he's I think he's got better hands uh Moya had some
2: great catches especially that long one but but see this thing I don't think you have to go with either or Saturday I think was a perfect m- mix of what they both bring to the table Hanley Hanley I think had four catches on the night
1: I, They both had 3.
2: Okay, 3. And I three. have it in front of me. That's okay. Well, good for you.
0: Well, well, that is good. I mean, six, six passes to the tight ends. It's actually, it actually seems like an improvement because I think we've, it, well, at least it seems, without looking at the numbers, that we've kind of not utilized them that much this season. So six receptions to the tight ends, I think,
2: is a step forward. And well, and it, it sh- I can tell it, it should have been seven. If uh, Williams throws a better deep ball for the touchdown. Oh, that he, that's, that he, right. That he overthrew that's right. That's right.
1: That's right. Very true. So, Moya has 13 receptions on the year for 175 yards, and Handsome Hadley has six receptions for 89 yards on the year.
0: See, that's not very much. And through six games, you you, you need to utilize them more. Yeah. It's true. And I, and I didn't mean to go off. Moya is a
1: great tight end, he's a great talent. And yeah, he is a little bit better in the blocking game. The thing I like about Hanley and the thing I love about him is he, not only that his nickname, but he he's just has and got great hair he just has the ability to get open he just he can't stay on his feet when he catches the ball. we all know that, but man he just he just seems to find some open space when he's out there, and that's well, what I like about And he's about got him. good
2: hands I mean quite frankly, they both have shown really you know when the ball's thrown to them, they catch it. So well, we've got he, to continue think was to the, utilize that. In the
0: first half, he had that Williams threw a pretty high ball to the sideline, and he went up and got it. I mean, that that wasn't an easy catch to make. So he does have good hands. But I do like like the idea of using both tight ends because that that really increases your options out there.
1: Was there more things we can be doing with the offense? Do you guys think?
0: Yeah, scoring yeah, score, <laughs> more points.
1: <laughs> Other than scoring, but I mean. We have kinda since Tim Patrick's been out, it kinda seems like our passing game has gotten a little slower. Not as many deep balls.
2: Well it, we didn't we didn't go deep very we really didn't go deep um, a lot this Very game. often, yeah. On Saturday. But, but is that
1: because Tim Patrick well, is gone? I, I, I or do you think, think that's just more I mean, of what we were playing against? What
2: we've seen is f- through the first handful of games of Tim Patrick, he was a pack all Pac twelve player. And so losing him definitely is going to hurt. But I will say Simpkins has really stepped up. He is, I mean, he looks to have one of the best set of hands on the team, even better than Hansom's. And uh, he's done really well, and I really love what Singleton's doing. And T-Boney... Smith, if he can keep it going, he's, he's shown a lot of improvement the he last has, couple of games. He, he has. That catch in that, the end zone was,
0: that he was just has great, to stay
2: healthy like everyone else exactly. on the team. You know, and, and he seems to, the difficult balls he seems to come down with, it's the, it's just, you know, the, the, the easier ones that he seems to have some struggles with. So I think we're doing okay in the passing game. You know, Troy missed some balls um, on Saturday. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't as accurate
0: as he has been. He a lot of underthrown balls. underthrown
2: balls, and then one we just mentioned with Moei was wide open. That he one, th- that one, still that one's still a touchdown if he underthrows it. But he he just he put too much. Well, he under had that. the
1: he was thirteen of twenty nine for two hundred and forty five yards.
2: He had the one. Um,
0: I think it was to Singleton. Singleton was breaking open in the end zone. And if he leads him, it's a touchdown. And yeah. he throws it behind it, it, almost gets picked off.
2: Yeah. He, uh, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he still had some, some really nice throws. And he's doing a good job with the offense. He's protecting the ball. And, uh, we all know how important that is. But yeah, I mean, he, he, he did not have his best game. So hopefully, you know, bounces back. Cause we got, Next two games, granted Oregon State's not awesome, but we're gonna have to play well to go win these next two on the road.
0: Yeah. Well, Oregon State's not a gimme, like I think we thought, especially after them beating Cal last week. And Cal's not a world beater by any means. Obviously, they beat us, but the but that's a good. I mean, Oregon State's looked awful to
2: this point. Yet they took Cal to overtime and beat them. So, well, uh, I mean, but Whittingham even said this post game. We're a pretty good team in moments. We're a pretty good team when we don't just self-inflict gunshot wounds into our feet. We have too many mistakes, too many penalties. The drives where we don't have those, we, we actually look like we have a pretty darn good offense. The problem is we're just not consistent enough in seeing that. And I, that's, that's the thing that I think that's holding us back. I wonder
0: – I completely agree that the consistency – we've talked about this in episode after episode this year, but part of that may be due to the injuries. I mean, yeah, I think new offensive injuries. linemen, new wide receivers. Young players. Young players. It's, it's 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 a combination of all those things uh, why it's and inconsistent. I, and, and I
2: agree, but as Witt always says, nobody feels sorry for you. No, nobody you does. Know? So whether you've got everybody injured or you got everybody healthy – People only care about the result, and yeah, we, we understand that all the injuries that are that are, have taken place and and uh, our depth being tested it plays a factor in those results. But we still have enough talent to be going out and getting the job done. And we so, are. We're five and one. Oh, I know, I know. And it, and I think Saturday yeah. was a big step, even though it was such an ugly first half. Finally, beat Rich Rod. But it was the first game of the year that we won comfortably.
1: <laughs> now, a big shout out to uh, to Travis Green for uh, sending us that question on Moyain and Handsome Handley. Send us more questions. We love it. So before we hang up talking about the Arizona game.
2: Hang up. Where are we hanging up?
1: We have to talk about the defensive side of the ball and the deep balls that Arizona were able to connect almost consistently throughout the game.
0: It's not just Arizona though it seems to be a pattern the teams are finding a way
2: to beat us. Well it, it almost seemed like the game plan for Arizona was when in doubt throw it deep. And it worked. Some of those just I mean, they, like, they were chucking it up for they beat Casey Hughes from the back of the end zone. Uh Domo I believe he had two uh, two PI calls on him in the game. Um uh, Brian Allen, that late touchdown, uh, it was a deep ball. And Porter was confused and gave up the first play of the game. Porter didn't even know the game had started on that one. I, uh, and the thing that's surprising to me is our top four DBs are all seniors. I mean, going into the season, that is not something I would have anticipated being an issue for this team is not being able to defend the deep ball. And, and I'm not quite, I guess, I'm just not quite sure what our issue is, because in some in some cases we've actually had pretty pretty good coverage, and wide receivers are actually making some pretty good plays. But uh, we're getting a lot of PIs, and quite frankly, on some of these, I'd rather give up a PI than give up the touchdown or the deep ball. And 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 we saw in this game these referees were letting so much go. They were hanging all over us. In return, I think we can be a little bit more physical in some games and in some aspects and, and make that referee throw the flag versus giving up a 40, 50-yard bomb.
1: But do you think it has to do with this year with Scally we're being a little bit more aggressive than in years, even last year under Ryan and Coach Peace? I, I, I mean, I mean that's a genuine question. I I, I joke because Ryan acts like he's Coach Piece because they're the same age, but hey, all, all reality, we I mean even players in spring ball and fall camp were talking about how it's a lot more aggressive. It's the same defense, but it's well, more well, aggressive. Well, it's definitely more and
2: aggressive so than Piece kept defense. everything and, and, in front
1: of it. Okay, and I'm I'm not I'm not again I'm not criticizing any coach or or any scheming or whatnot. But do you think that the way it's being called, we're more prone to being to be attacked with the deep ball?
2: I mean, I, I think there is an argument for that. We we are being more aggressive on the line of scrimmage and blitzing more. Um, which I mean, when you do that, you're obviously putting putting these guys on an island. But with Williams back there, and as good as he's been, he you know. He, I'm not quite sure, and I think said something we maybe need to do is go back and look at the tape, but on a lot of these deep balls, Williams is not even in the pitcher, so the the offense is doing a good job of getting him out of position or getting him focused on one side and then they're just attacking wherever he's not and uh I mean we, we but the the other aspect of the of this is in the last two games, we've been playing literally with one safety.
0: Yeah, because you're moving because Chase, Chase, Chase is playing Chase up is as coming a linebacker, up at,
2: at, uh, just off the line of scrimmage, so you've only got
0: one. So back. you've only got one back. He there. can't cover the whole field, which which these quarterbacks and offensive
2: coordinators are figuring out, and it seems to be working to a certain but, extent. But but I think for especially for for Arizona and their ability to run the ball, their quarterback to run the ball. And how they've killed us! I actually I loved our game plan on Saturday. Oh, it was great! They, they spied him the whole they game. They Spied him, and they didn't. Or both of them. They spied both of them all game. And, and it wasn't just one guy. Whenever he broke the pocket, we had one, or we had at least two or three guys coming at him, and that really minimized their success at picking up first downs on the ground, which is what killed us last year in Tucson. How many third downs New Solomon picked up with his legs? So I, I love the game plan, but I think in doing so, you're giving up a little bit uh, um, in the pass game, and you're putting more pressure on these guys. Again, as seniors, I, I would have expected this to not be as big of an issue. But overall, the defense is still playing well, but Whittingham himself said that they've got to improve on that. They cannot continue to give up so many because it's a chunk play. And it's really the plays that, it, at least in the Arizona game, it was just, they just kind of threw it up. Yeah. And and we're just not making we're just not making plays. I do
0: have one example where they were playing a cover two where Chase laid out the guy and Williams picked it off.
1: So as much as complaining, maybe we have done about the secondary. They did come away with three picks. um in this game. One of them was gift wrapped to to Domo, but I'll that was it. such a bad pass. <laughs> But I think overall the the defense is 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 coming along. They're playing great. I think these are just kind of the finer things that they kind of need to tweak. Oh, well, it was great they to, want to have They Lowell want to keep continuing too. this. Yeah,
2: it was big having low back and uh, Kaviki, Kavika Latalasanga has uh, unseated Cody Barton at the linebacker position, which which he's he's been playing well. He played he played yeah, really he well last game. So. It's good to see, uh, see him coming along and real you know we're seeing the what we all expected to see from him uh, when we got him. All right,
1: so I think we can put a bow on the Arizona
2: game and talk about the game coming up. Utah
1: is headed out to Corvallis to take on the Oregon State Beavers. Hey, I've
0: got a question for you, Cam. What's that? Do you think Gary's going to try to sell wit a car? I'm glad you
1: remember that from last year because Gary Anderson is the <laughs> king of all used car sales. <laughs> I hope he sells you a crappy one. Oregon State's coming off their first Pac twelve victory in the Gary Anderson used cars salesman era. They come away with an overtime victory against Cal, forty seven to forty four. They give up a seventeen point lead in the fourth quarter, but still come away with the victory in overtime.
2: Well, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, just looking at the stats of this game and, uh, and the final score of this game, Oregon State did a pretty good job of neutralizing uh, Webb early on. He only had 71 passing yards on his first 24 attempts. They did a pretty good job through the air. Where they did not do a very good job was um, stopping the run. They gave up 317 yards to Cal on the ground, which I think bodes well for uh, our offense to be able to run the ball. But we said that against if we Cal. Had, if we had a running back. But here's the other side. Oregon State ran for 474 yards themselves. So I think we're going to get a heavy dose of, uh, uh, of the run game on Saturday. But... I'm for that. Bring it. Bring it. Because oh, I, that's, I, that's our strength. I,
1: it, it certainly defending does. Defending the wrong. Uh, Oregon State against Cal, uh, Daryl Garrettson, Utah State transfer, only threw for 85 yards.
0: Apparently he bought into the salesman, salesmanship of Gary Anderson. He just couldn't
1: drop that lease. He had to follow him over. But 85 yards passing, but he did come up with 105 yards on the ground. So, yeah, they they ran the ball he's no extremely well.
0: He's no Dawkins. Oh, not even. No. Or Tate. Uh,
1: if you kind of look at Oregon State's schedule, what they've done, they lost to Minnesota. Their other win is Idaho State. And then they lost to Boise State and to Colorado.
2: I think it'll be a good game. Um, I don't think it's just going to be a walk in the park. Um, I do. I think this game was a little surprising. And I'm actually, I think it'll get. Obviously, the staffs and our team's attention um, to not just overlook it and expect it to be a well, and especially a, an when game. we
1: lose to Cal the week prior, Cal goes down to Corvallis and loses. It that definitely
0: technically it should;
2: be, they'd be going up. But I hear your point. Geography was
0: never Cameron's strong suit. <laughs> tomato, tomato.
1: <laughs> so hopefully, that does get it, the attention um, of not only. The coaching staff, because obviously they're going to have attention to it, but these players.
2: Well, yeah, and and I think uh, I, I think they'll have their attention. I mean, just looking over these stats, Oregon State is only averaging 155 yards through the air a game, so it's going to be. I think it'll be similar to what we what we just went through on Saturday with Rich Rod. A lot of running the ball, quarterback options, and as Witt likes to say, it's very assignment sound football um but Oregon State they're going to take their shots they they've seen the tape what we just talked about and the deep ball so they they'll take their shots at at times but if as long as we can control uh the running game much like we what we've done through uh through this season i expect uh, i expect uh, another comfortable win for the Utes on Saturday but we we've, we've got to this is a game where you've got to go up and you got to take care of you got to do the job offensively. you got to put points on the board early, stop with these slow starts, and just continue to eat the clock. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we're third in the country in time of possession right now. We're eating the clock. We're chewing it up. We've just got to capitalize at the end of these drives in the red zone. And if we can do that, I think we win comfortably. All right, and before we
1: get to our Utah pick and our Pac-12 picks of the week, This week's Ute in the NFL. Our Ute in the NFL this week is Matt Asiata with the Minnesota Vikings. He's been in the league since 2009, which is surprising for a running back to be in the league that long. With the injury to Adrian Peterson, Matt's get, got 14 carries this last week for 55 yards and one touchdown, and then he also had three receptions for 46 yards. So, I mean, not a big breakout game, but really just wanted to highlight Matt and that he's still uh, contributing on an NFL team.
2: Good on, for him. That's on the, awesome. On the last undefeated
0: team. Very in the true.
1: On a undefeated Minnesota Vikings team.
0: That's pretty impressive when you think about it, because typically running backs don't. Last in the NFL for very long, and for him to last that long and still getting still getting active playing time, I know he's filling in. But even if Peterson was healthy, he'd still get uh, a few some playing few, time here yeah,
1: yeah. and there. All right. So the twenty-first ranked Utah Utes are traveling to Corvallis to take on Oregon State. Utah is favored by ten in this ball game. Scott, it's your week to go first. Who are you taking, and what's your score?
2: Yeah, I'm. I see the Utes winning comfortably, and I uh, I'm going to go 42 28 final score.
1: All right, so I think Utah can get the victory here. They really need to make Oregon State become a throwing team, uh, like what we said. Oregon State likes to run the ball. If we can force them to throw it on us, I think Utah can win very comfortably. I have Utah winning 35 to 17. Ryan,
0: I also have them winning comfortably, 41. 41- to
1: 20. Okay, so for our first Pac-12 game, we have Arizona State traveling to Colorado. Uh, the line opened up at an minus 8 for Colorado. It's now moved to about 13, 13 and a half as we're recording on Monday night. Scott, who are you taking Arizona State at Colorado?
2: This will be a good game and this is really a pivotal game for for the Utes and the standings in the South Division. So I am cheering for an ASU win, but being that it's at Colorado, I'm I'm going to pick Colorado. Okay, I agree. You know this is a big conference game.
1: Uh, both these teams are two and one in conference. Arizona State's actually showing a lot better than I thought at the beginning of the season what they were going to be, and even Colorado, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I think these. Hey, careful! I think these. Buffs, these our Buffalos, rivals, our true rivals, Colorado. They're a very good team. I'm completely jumping on the Colorado Buffaloes bandwagon, and I think the Buffs cover the spread. And I think they beat Arizona State. Ryan, who are you taking?
0: This is tough because ASU went to UCLA as the underdog and came out victorious last week. Now they're going to Colorado as the underdog. They're finding ways to win, although Colorado's playing some good football. They just lost a close one at USC. But I think I'll go go with Colorado
1: since they're at home. And our next game is UCLA traveling up to Pullman, where they take on Washington State. Washington State opened up as a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Now it's moved to about
2: five. Scott, who are you taking? This one's easy. Um, I picked Washington State the last two weeks. They haven't let me down. I'm staying with them. And uh, UCLA struggling. Washington's catching f- Washington State. Excuse me. Well, Washington too, but um, they have caught fire. So I think I think Washington State wins easy going away here. So Washington State did help me catch
1: up to Ryan. And just to recap our standings: Ryan, Scott's nine and six. Ryan and I are tied at eight and seven. I think UCLA has a big chip on their shoulder. They're playing for their season right now. They're going to go up to Pullman and come away with a
0: victory. Ryan, who are you taking? Ooh, Cameron takes a flyer, and that's why he's in tied for last. <laughs> Washington State is playing some really good football right now, and and I'm sorry, UCLA is getting worse. Rosen's getting dinged up. Their oh, offensive I Rosen line is out. <laughs> he's their off- that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> their offensive line can't protect him. Um, I'm going to go with. The Cougars of Washington State.
1: So the Trojans of USC are traveling down to Tucson to take on Arizona Wildcats. USC is favored by 7.5. Scott, who are you taking?
2: Rich Rod in Arizona is a dumpster fire at the moment. Um, wow. And USC is picking up steam. I think this will not even be a game. USC wins handily. So when I first looked at this game, I kind of
1: was almost going with Arizona. (laughs) USC still hasn't proven that they can win on the road. And Arizona is shown that they can put points up on people. However, with Dawkins possibly having a concussion... Cam's trying to
2: talk himself into picking Arizona here.
1: With Dawkins possibly having a concussion, he may not be able to go... Bear down. I can't bear down. I gotta choose USC. Ryan, who are you taking?
0: I will choose the Trojans on the road. Trojan man.
1: So that will do it for us tonight. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's drum the letter N feather. And Scott, where can people find you on Twitter?
2: You can find me at
1: UTMAN underscore forever. All right, you you can follow me and this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Instagram, at Utah Man Podcast, as well as at our home, at utahmanpodcast.com. And if you're in the need for a used car and you're traveling up to the Oregon State game, heck, Gary will hook you up. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll
2: be till I die. We're good. Let's cut it.
1: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.
0: Don't you like don't you like awkward silence, <laughs> especially with finger puppets <laughs> over there?
2: Hey, I'm still doing better than the Pac-12 refs. I don't think you can get much worse. You listening, Whip? Hey, Rod. Hey, <laughs> Rod can't hear you with all of his hair over his ears. Guys, <laughs> guys, Gasp- be Gaspi- louder. Servs up, bro. Whatever a national guy says, just go with the opposite. <laughs> They're never right, okay? And we
0: always are it right here at the Utah Man <laughs>
1: Podcast. Well, He looks like he's stuck in the 1980s, doesn't he, with his stupid little hair?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to take that out, but it bugs
1: me. Stupid little hair. <laughs> it bugs me. So I'm j- completely jumping on the bag wagon with Colorado the bus. The bag wagon. The bag wagon. I'm completely
2: jumping, jumping on off.
1: the Pally, dally dally wagon. <laughs> Sometimes I wish Scott would just say to f and fire him because I would.
2: <laughs> I dare you to fire me, Cam. Come on, do it. I will give you every false start. <laughs>